Well, today's gospel lesson is almost impossible to preach on. The subject matter, it's just so delicate that even just talking about it has the potential to just break it into smithereens. It's so shy that just mentioning it carries the potential to make it run away and never come back out again. At the heart of the gospel reading today is the subject of humility. Now, humility has long been lauded as one of those virtues we're supposed to chase after all the way, all the way from Aristotle to Plato through the medieval times, all the way up to contemporary philosophy and theology. Everyone just lauds this virtue as something we should chase after. But humility, it lives in this sort of perpetual paradox of being difficult to catch, impossible to name. It's it's eternally elusive to us. In other words, the more humble you try to be, the less humble you become. Go ahead and try it where you're sitting. Are you ready? Go. Go ahead. Be humble. Let me see it. (laughs) Yeah, so it's elusive. This past week, I was at a congregational development conference in Chicago, and I love catching up with the folks who are doing the same kinds of things that I'm doing. There's always wonderful keynotes and some pretty worthwhile breakout sessions if you choose carefully But it turns out that much of the seminars at these kind of conferences are just sales workshops for pastors. I wandered into one of these seminars, one of these breakout sessions that feels more like it's been geared toward employees of a Fortune 500 company than to pastors. And it was titled one thing, but upon arriving to the session and receiving more detailed account of the agenda, I noticed that the afternoon session was subtitled The Humble Pastor. I was intrigued, of course. I I immediately thought it had to be an attempt at irony. I have never met a humble pastor. And I'm a sucker for irony, and so I wanted to see what it was about. And it turns out it wasn't ironic at all. No, this, this was the new strategy This was the new way to win friends and influence people, this tactic called humility. And of course, like any good BuzzFeed article that a presenter downloads only hours before their lecture, uh, when they haven't prepared enough um, ahead of time, they had five helpful hints toward humility. First, don't take yourself too seriously. And we all furled our brow and spent about a half hour discussing how we all just take ourselves entirely too seriously. And then the second one, watch what you what you wear, watch how you dress. Don't dress too high or too low. Dressing too high and people get self-conscious around you. Dress too low and people won't respect where you're coming from. And so, you know, dress somewhere middle of the road. And we glanced around the room and noticed who was wearing flip-flops and shorts and who was wearing a suit and immediately recognized that we were so much better equipped to be humble than they were. Third, they said, don't talk about yourself. Note to self, 
don't talk about yourself. And all the pastors secretly wondered, then where do our sermon illustrations come from then? Fourth, don't assume that you're always right. And we nodded in unison, feeling like we had all the answers now for being truly humble people. Finally, the fifth one, don't forget to encourage others. Don't forget the little people. And then they gave us 10 minutes to compliment those people wearing flip-flops or suits. Love your laid-back style or that suit is so becoming on you. And by the end of the breakout session, we all got up and we're ready to walk into the world as much more humble people. And so we clasped our hands just so and tilted our heads And we walked out um, with our heads tilted in just the right angle as to look somewhat contemplative. And we went to show off this newfound virtue of humility to anyone we could show off in front of. Such is the nature of humility. The more you seek it, the less humble you become. And I guess you're kind of smirking and chuckling because you know this. This conference full of pastors got this straight out of some Sales 101 book. Somehow the leaders of this seminar went to Barnes & Noble and got lost and ended up getting their texts mixed up with texts in a sales section. This stuff is straight out of Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People, straight out of Jim Collins' Good to Great. These gurus of sales all kind of hold up humility as this virtue. Each one shows humility as this tactic, this, this new strategy for winning friends and influencing people, for moving your life from good to great. And they use examples of CEOs and top level salespeople, level five leaders, all of them, they say, came from humble beginnings and never forgot their humble beginnings. All of them made their career subtly influencing people, quietly, humbly making a difference. And then at the end of their text, they kind of tell us, okay, now you all, you all reading my book, you go out and you do this. You be humble. Which is impossibly bad advice because The more you try to be humble, the less humble you actually become. And now at first glance, Jesus may seem to have gone to a Dale Carnegie seminar in our gospel reading today. Jesus is there at a party, as Jesus always is, and he looks around the party and he sees a teaching moment right before him. And so he stands up and does so humbly, of course, and he says, now look, when you all go to a party, don't don't take the seats of honor. The host is going to come and he'll see somebody more important coming in after you and he's going to have to tell you to move on down that table and you'll be humiliated in front of everyone and then you'll have to move down the table. Instead, go go ahead and sit at the bottom of the table and when the host sees Where you're sitting, he'll invite you to move up and you'll go from good to great. You'll be honored in front of everyone for everyone who humbles themselves will be exalted. 
and everyone who exalts themselves will be humbled. At first, this lesson from Jesus just seems like a continuation of Carnegie and Gladwell and the rest, but I think that's because for most of us, our main texts have been sales books instead of scripture. We read scripture through the lens of these texts rather than the other way around, and so I want us to hear Jesus on his own terms this morning. For Jesus, humility is not a strategy for personal betterment. It's a response to grace. Five times in our gospel reading today, Jesus uses the word invite. The whole story is set on this precipice of invitation. First, Jesus is invited to the banquet. Then Jesus talks about what to do when you're invited. When you're invited to sit at the top and invited to move your way down. Five times this word, invitation. For Jesus, humility is our response to an unearned invitation And the church calls this grace, God's unmerited favor, unearned, unprovoked, simply extended to us out of love. And the only response to that unearned invitation is humility, recognizing that you can't earn your way here. The kingdom doesn't come by a better strategy or tactic. It comes just based on God's invitation to us to experience new life. Generally speaking, I say there are two kinds of people who make their way into church on Sunday mornings. The first kind of person really, really just down deep wants to impress God. People, these people really want to earn their way into the kingdom of God and so they show up. And we do our best and we try to sing our best and we try to pray as earnestly as we can. On the first Sunday, we go through the motions of eating the bread. If we're at a church that does it only once a month, if you're at a church like us that does it every week, we go through the motions of eating the bread and drinking the wine every week. And we lean in during another baptism and we try to remember what it felt like when the waters rushed over us. And we affirm our faith and we go home rather proud of ourselves and fulfilled in our religious accomplishments that day. The other kind of churchgoer is one who reluctantly shows up and slips onto the back row, takes a seat at the bottom. They aren't really sure if they fit in. They aren't even really sure why they're there. And yet somehow they've been overwhelmed by this invitation to leave their life and find a new one. This invitation that they too can come and find something more worth living for and they're floored, they're humbled. Somehow they get lost in the service. It's not about them at all. It's about the host. It's about the one who invited them and you see it in their eye, this this genuine humility. It's a genuine response to being invited to the greatest love the world has ever known in Jesus. This happens when you encounter God's love made flesh in Jesus. You just get wrapped up in it. And all that matters is the one who's invited you. 
Now, I would be willing to wager that any given Sunday, you and I are not one of the or the one or the other. Any given Sunday, you and I oscillate between these two. Nobody is one or the other. There are those Sundays when we come and we do our religious duty and we'll do what we've been signed up to do. We'll sing our hymns. We'll usher. We'll serve communion. We'll go home and we're going to feel better about ourselves for doing it. But every now and again, usually on those Sundays that come at the end of a particularly hard week where we've just, we've just messed up, We couldn't get it right. Life wasn't working. Marriage wasn't working. We felt like utter failures in the parenting department. We can't seem to find balance in our work life, our home life, our faith life. Every now and again, we find ourselves just slipping reluctantly onto the back row. Perhaps it's because we don't want to be seen, or perhaps it's because we're not quite sure we deserve to be here. And we're just floored. We're floored when it seems like Jesus is speaking directly to us when every turn of phrase feels like an invitation we don't deserve. We stand amazed when someone from the chancel says, the Lord be with you and invites you even from the back row to pray that prayer with all the saints, our Father who art in heaven. We're baffled when someone invites us to pass the peace of Christ with our neighbor despite the sheer absence of peace in our life that week. And we are floored when... That person at the table says, Christ our Lord invites all those who love him, who earnestly repent of their sins and seek to live at peace, to this his feast. And it sounds like he's speaking straight to us. And we just have to pick ourselves up off the floor because I swear I swear it sounds like he just said, my friend, come and take your place at the head of the table. 